Good morning, guys. Good evening, good evening, good This is Eagle Eyes on Tech. I am Eagle Falcon. Oh, man. We have just been having lots and lots of difficulties lately. I'm hoping, hoping this will be the last week of them. I'm really hoping. I want to just go into the new year, which is like, you know, all those problems we've been having? Poof, they're gone. Easy peasy, lol. Uh, but no, lately that's not the case. Oh, uh, this might be the cursed episode. And it doesn't even touch on the, on, on the weird hot topic of Elon leaking out Twitter documents either that I haven't had a chance to go through. I'll just tell you this right now. If you're hoping to get a good take on it, it's not going to be here today. It's not going to be today. I have not gone through the documents. I've gone through the thread. I've skimmed through it. It looks like some interesting stuff. I want more time to go through it. And time is something I have a great shortage of lately. I can't be like Mr. Zuckerberg over here who just goes ahead and just casually has, uh, I'm actually not sure if that's supposed to be euros or not, but 265 million euros or some currency equivalent being uh, fined to them in, because of data scraping cases that exposed millions of mobile phone numbers. I also love how every single time they grab one of these, these pictures for, of Mark Zuckerberg, it is always, every time without fail, like the most strange non-normal looking picture you could possibly find like it's just him like staring out into blank space surrounded by cameras just like hmm yes this is what people do aha uh aha -huh. uh -huh. with like one guy looking over his shoulder just like his he head cocked like mark like it's some sort of weird sitcom what is this but i mean let's be honest do you really care about the details on any of this I mean, this does mean that, you know, we're closing in on 1 billion euros that uh, Meta has been fined over their data malpractices. But, you know, here, here's the sad part. This is par for the course for Meta. It's really sad how that actually has become the case. Well, what can you do? What can you do? In the end, it's just a case of Twitter, or I'm sorry, in this case, Facebook. Just doing what Facebook does best, being bad at what they do and leaking out your information. I want to talk where I want to shift gears over to another controversy. This one actually a bit more surprising. This started, this missed my tech radar last week, but um, there's been a development on this story. This is in regards to Yuffie. No, not the ninja from FF7. Not that Yuffie. No, not that Yuffie F uh, either. What? No, not... Yuffie is a home security system that is made by Anchor. Yuffie is actually one of the brands of Anchor. Their whole shtick is that the entire security system you're setting up is centralized. It is all offline. It does not require the cloud, but you have some cloud functionality. Their whole thing, their whole thing is that all the storage is local, you have complete control over your data. So when tech reviewer Paul Moore was able to find out that in fact, Yuffie is in fact transcending <laughs> private images and things that are supposed to be stored locally up to a cloud, 
without your permission, you can imagine how a lot of people are a bit upset. And in fact, this, this information persists uh, seemingly indefinitely, even after you delete your account. Yikes! This is starting to make a lot of people out there who actually take Yuffie as sponsors to start second guessing and start canceling their, their, um, their sponsor offers from Yuffie until they have a sufficient answer to this. This will be only one of two sponsor scandals this week. I know. There's a topic I never thought I'd have one of, let alone two. Sponsor scandals. Wonderful. But needless to say, it doesn't look good for Yuffie. It, when you're going ahead and seriously making all your market material, your entire selling point, that everything you do is stored local and they have no say over it, and it turns out they do, that is a serious problem. Well, Yuffie has responded, which is also why we're going to talk about it. Now, remember, this is a response that was given to Paul Moore, the guy who originally brought this up. All right. The letter reads as follows. Dear Mr. Paul Moore, you could already tell this is like half form letter already. Mr. Paul Moore. Anyway, thank you for your feedback and offer Yuffie a, an opportunity to clarify and improve ourselves. I am Young Gates, Yuffie customer service engineer specialized in safety and privacy. Our team has analyzed the video refer reference you have provided in this case and provides a link to the video. And we'd like to make a technical statement to, in details to address your concern. To get started, please note that the ev event thumbnail is the image URL generated by our backend server on Amazon Cloud or AWS. The resource will not be able to leak to the public. The URL restriction restricted access and processed by the mobile and web application owner after login with your own account and password. Rest assured that URL will expire within 24 hours unless the user shares the links. Otherwise, it is impossible for a third party to obtain the link. Let me interject because I actually didn't get to this detail. One of the things that was said was that in order was that you could in fact just gain access with this link, with a link that you generate to any camera you have on the network, even when you have all cloud services disabled. This is a big point he had there. And on top of that, the link was not encrypted, which means that data can be skimmed. And that, it's a wee bit of a problem. A wee little bit. Just, just, just a smidge of a problem. But they're trying to say that the link is only available, it only expires every 24 hours. And unless you share the link, it is impossible for a third party to obtain the link. Yes, because man, the middle attacks don't exist. Because uh, any sort of spyware also doesn't exist. Or, you know, considering the fact it's unencrypted, you could just do this crazy thing called brute force the whole back end. That's actually a big problem. The fact that it is just plain URL that anyone can get. You request the creation of the URL, true, and it's, you know, generated brand new within 24 hours. But if someone can spoof the request and just start brute forcing until they get links or just spam the service at all times getting trying to find links, you see the problem. The statement continues. Unless the user shares the link, otherwise it is impossible for a third party to obtain the link. In addition, we promise that all your video clips are being recorded by Eufy devices and stored locally. The Eufy app is designed 
I'm sorry, is designed capable of showing our users all the event lists. If all resources are saved on the user's mobile, it will take up the majority of your mobile storage. In this case, the app needs to communicate with the cloud server in real time to gain access to resources more efficiently. Let me interject. So it's not all local then. In the same statement, we promise that all your video clips are being recorded by Eufy devices are stored locally. But if you're accessing that on your mobile device, it's not. Dude, you can't just, just write in the one sentence. We've already contradicted ourselves. Good job, Yuffie, good job. The letter continues. Another good news is that we've also noticed it before. Although we encountered many technical barriers, Yuffie always aims to and pursues to provide users the best and safest experience. Glad to share with you that on Yuffie's latest generation home base three product, our engineers overcame the difficulties to make a high performance database on the home base three device so that so that we don't have to upload your event lists and thumbnails to Amazon cloud management. Customers can still use the product even when the device is offline. <laughs> Could you please let us know if you want to help us test our new home base three? If yes, just please let, let us know your current shipping address and we will arrange a kit kit for you as soon as possible. Three. I do love how it's just like, hey, oh, I'm sorry. Let me interject. I love how um, the whole thing about local recording and you are definitely using a cloud server and all that jazz. There's like, don't worry. The new version finally doesn't make us liars. Wow. It's okay. It's okay. You can try out the new version. It's tagline is we're not lying this time. Seriously, for realsies. You just can't make this up. Why? Why is this a thing I live with now? <sighs> the letter continues. Customer experience has always been the priority of Yuffie. After watching your video, we thought some of the ways to prevent others from having the same misunderstanding. We plan to quickly encrypt the API between the browser and the server to, to avoid plain text URL display. <laughs> I just can't even... Uh, mm. anyway, we plan to quickly encrypt the API between the browser and the server to avoid plain text URL display, which can effectively prevent the browser console from directly obtaining resource URLs. We will keep you posted with a further update once it is completed. You would <laughs> let me interject for a second. When you just said earlier that it's totally fine because it's impossible for a third party to obtain the link. You then said, okay, we'll go encrypt it because it's plain text, lol. <laughs> I just, oh my lord. The letter still continues for some reason. We sincerely apologize again for the unpleasant experience caused. And meanwhile, we highly appreciate your valuable voice, which helps, which help us find an opportunity to protect customers' privacy in a better way. If you are willing to help us test our new product, Eufy Homebase 3, we hope you can share with us your inputs and suggestions about this product. A perfect product requires several improvements per customer's voice, and there is always, wait, and always will be a learning curve whenever new products are brought to market. We look forward to your further input, which will help us build an excellent new product. Signed by 
customer service engineer, Young Gates. So I think I've already made my, my problems clear when it comes to our stuff, because they want to go ahead and, and play this game of don't worry, everything is stored locally. There's no concern about anything hitting the cloud. In fact, that's their tagline. What happens in your home stays in your home. There's no cloud. There's no cloud. There's no cloud. There's no cloud. They're still saying that despite the fact that they've basically admitted their current home base systems send their stuff to the cloud. Do you not see the problem here? Oh, I just, I just can't even. I will say this though, just trying to go through up. Oh, there's the home base three. So it actually looks like all of the products now are using this new home base three. It looks like that's all I was trying to look for to see if they were still. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see how, uh, how things go for Yuffie. But man, this is absolutely not like good for Yuffie, like at freaking all. Because I mean, there's a lot of various like camera based security devices and all this. Like there's a lot. I will say this for something that uh, for something that apparently I have full control over. I just accidentally closed it. Whoops. For something that I have absolutely con full control over, I don't see any way to add more storage. And I actually, ha I have a serious problem with that. Like I've known Yuffie's existed, but for the most part, because everything's, you know, in-house and what I needed it for was just like, I don't care. Then like the whole thing I set up for was for like the business. Ah, excellent. Someone hacked my security system and now they can tell that we're there working. Yeah, it's kind of hard to, to, you know, get us to, you know, care about that sort of thing in, th in that sort of scenario. That being said, though, I'm actually trying to see, I, I literally cannot see any way to actually add existing storage. You're just using that home base and just hoping that, uh, oh, it apparently is up, up, expandable up to 16 terabytes expandable local storage. I want to put a disk shelf, I want to hook this up to a disk shelf. That was a hookup, oh, via USB. A freaking hookup, a, uh, a DAS, just directly to this little arm powered base station have it just go what what if you had connected to me freaking hook up a uh, half a petabyte to it just why not just for maximum dumb anyway we're I'm, I'm getting myself distracted here the whole thing is just kind of seems like i'm missing a lot of the point and in fact paul moore did in fact respond back he is and since i have re i've read um yuffie's response i will in fact read paul moore's it reads as follows Dear Mr. Gates, thank you for your reply, though I am absolutely astonished by your response. With respect, this is not an opportunity to clarify and improve yourselves, but rather explain yourselves. You have now admitted that data from my device is sent to the cloud without my knowledge or permission. Not only is this not stated anywhere, correct me if I'm wrong, let me interject, as far as I can tell, he's correct. It does not say it anywhere. Their tagline is still keep everything that happens in your home, in your home, heavily implying that anything that happens just stays there. That's it. The end. The response continues. But Yuffie goes to great lengths, to convince its users the exact opposite is true. Even so far as stating no need to risk sending it to the cloud. Your reason for doing so, though flawed in, in itself, is irrelevant. You cannot in all good conscience and mindful of the inherent risk state a product does not use or rely on the cloud, then justify your actions later when it's found to be a lie. 
Furthermore, a thumbnail is a smaller, lower quality image designed for quick reference. These aren't thumbnails. They are full-sized original resolution images. They couldn't be set as thumbnails as your facial recognition algorithm wouldn't have sufficient data to extract and identify me. Regarding point two, I fail to see how it's good news that you've noticed it before and failed to take action or notify users. In fact, I gave you multiple opportunities to explain via chat, only to be told it doesn't store anything to the cloud and we're not sure why you think it does. It's of little consolation that your latest home base three does actually store data locally when it's not available for purchase and doesn't apply to the V2 lineup. Regarding point three, this is not a misunderstanding. This is intentionally misleading or more accurately, an outright lie. The solution is not is not to encrypt your API messages and attempt to hide your, de your deception, but to be honest about your reliance on the cloud from the onset. Yes, that completely undermines your product and nullifies your sales material, but no one should trust a security company that is not only willing to lie, but attempts to hide it once called, once caught out. While I appreciate your offer for a home base three for testing, you understand, you'll understand why I no longer trust Eufy or Anchor. By now you will have received my pre-action protocol letter. As, as this email constitute an admission of, of liability, I trust you'll be able to remedy the situation without escalation to the courts. I invite your feedback. Regards, Paul Moore. You notice how I didn't have to interject a whole lot there? He's 100% right and went pretty much as hard or harder than I would have gone. And I'm not gonna lie. As someone who who did, in fact, look at Eufy for a security system and, in fact, ended up not going with Eufy, I, in fact, went with a different uh, provider altogether. I'm kind of glad I didn't because when you're willing to lie like this, it's not a good look for the company. Now, I do want to point out the person they brought in for this is just the, quote, customer service engineer. Have you ever heard of a more nonsensical title than that? I mean, it's pretty high up there. It's a little hard to th think of a title that means even less. So this is just some, this is like some sub manager. This is even like the manager of customer service. This is like the, I feel like this is like the, the assistant branch manager to like one wing of customer service at Eufy slash anchor. I will be very, very curious to see what the response is from Anchor after this. In fact, while I'm here, I'm going to quickly go ahead and see, and this is actually late to it, to see if in fact there is that if, um, if Mr. Paul Moore has in fact gotten a response from Yuffie again. Oh, apparently Amber Heard and Johnny Depp are going back to court because appeals. Wee. At this point, it does not look like it. All right. Well, there is a small update from Paul Moore's Twitter. It appears they've removed the background call, which reveals the stored images, but not the footage itself. They also encrypted other calls to make it almost impossible to detect. This is not how it should be handled. In fairness to Yuffie, these in fact could just be the first steps 
as a band-aid fix before they go in and, and do the actual proper surgery. So, I mean, I know Paul Moore right now is livid over this whole thing because I don't blame him. I mean, there's a lot of big uh, tech uh, tech reviewers now that are just like dropping Anchor as sponsors, which is a shame because Anchor actually makes some pretty good products. It's been great stuff. But uh, yeah, someone in chat mentioned established titles. I haven't talked about it yet, but you know what? Let's qu let's quickly get it because I don't think I actually put put it in tabs tabs here. That's the, that's the other uh, sponsor scam of the week. So uh, basically, established titles is a product and you've heard about it saying that um they will sell you a small square foot of land and it is just that just a square foot and then say because you now own land in in scotland you are technically considered a um a lord or lady which um if i can go off topic for real quick lord or lady really man the, the women got the short end of uh of that title right there but i digress Anyway, the whole thought process is that because you own a plot of land now in Scotland, you can now call yourself a lord or lady legally. And in fact, all the various ads you've seen on YouTube um, have saved exactly this. You can put this on all of your documentation. Uh, someone else has in fact gone out and proved that in fact this is not it. In fact, I want to quickly make sure I credit the correct person real quick. Scott Schaffer was actually the person who went ahead and did this. And I do want to state this again and again and again. They said legally, as chat wants me to keep emphasizing, they said you are legally a lord or lady. But now, I'm surprised this wasn't caught sooner, especially with how many uh, wannabe YouTube lawyers are like, well, actually, the law says technically this, that, and the other thing. Because the whole thing with established titles, I never got a sponsorship deal for them, by the way. Never. It's not that I never accepted one, I never got offered one. So I can't tell you a single thing that they try to communicate with how you're supposed to promote them. It never ever crossed my desk, I am not cool enough. So I mean, part of me can say, I took the high road, I didn't take any of that sketchy money. But the reality is that it was never offered. But even without it, the whole premise seemed sketchy to me because it didn't smell right. Like one of the things I thought was that in order for the title of any sort of nobility, Lord, Duke, Count, whatever, you actually need to be a native of the country. Like that was the first thing that popped in my head. So I thought the whole thing was just kind of something doesn't smell right here. And it turns out actually, uh, it actually turns out that, um, that, uh, it's not just that. In fact, it gets even weirder because you cannot divvy up a plot to sections that are as small as a square foot. And no, it has absolutely nothing to do with the, with the fact that um, a square foot is imperial units and basically all of you, Europe uses the metric system. That has nothing to do with it. Good try though, you dingus you. You actually need, in order for land be divvied up, it has to be divvied up into much, much, much larger chunks i can't remember the exact amount off the top of my head um a youtuber by the name of legal eagle has a much bigger a much better video regarding it and going into a lot better legal detail than i ever could because you know actually a lawyer as opposed to me which is an insane person who reads legal documents and 
wish and watches his head explode. I, I think the funnier thing, though, is the fact that Legal Eagle is an actual lawyer and has taken multiple sponsorships from from established titles. It's like, come on, dude. How'd you not catch this sooner? It's your one shot. No, someone in chat says he's been offered. He has accepted. I have seen multiple videos of his where he's actually um, done it. And in fact, in his one video, he even shows footage of him doing the ad. So he, he does fess up to it and, and, and did admit that, you know, he should have looked into it closer because something shouldn't have smelled right and something didn't. But in any case, the whole thing is getting even sketchier and sketchier and sketchier as more and more people are looking into the company of established titles. I mean, first off, no one is touching this company with a 10-foot pole. No one. Because very quickly after they were called out, they tried to go ahead and say, um, this is just a gag gift. It's not meant to be a legal title at all. Even though every single one of the ads, both they created and uh, YouTubers and streamers created, all have the talking points of it gives you the legal title of a lord or lady. Here's the other weird thing. Why is the company trying to sell real estate to get into a loophole for nobility in Scotland located in Hong Kong? You know, the city right now that is absolutely flooded with tons of companies trying to sell real estate they don't actually own, trying to cash in on one giant bubble that exists in China. Huh? Whoops. Yeah, someone should have looked into that sooner, huh? And here's the best part. Remember how I said that you can't divvy up the land into as small of plots as a square foot? Well, the way that uh, they're trying to get around this legally is saying, oh, no, no, don't worry. We give you a claim to it that we provide. So they give you a certificate that says... Through the power of us and no other power in existence, you own this small chunk of land. It's basically an NFT. That's all it is. It's just the frickin' receipt saying that you bought it. Just like a frickin' NFT. <laughs> it ends up being so much dumber than I originally thought. My expectations were already low. I just can't even... <laughs> Oh, someone in chat says, and thus we reset the days without an NFT rant. Here's the worst part. It's not even technically an NFT because it's actually, it's even worse than an NFT because I can doodle on the certificate and it's not protected by the blockchain. It's <laughs> established titles is worse than an NFT because it's not, it has none of the protections of an NFT. It has all the cons of an NFT. And all, and even more cons. Oh no, I'm sorry. There's one pro it has over an NFT. It doesn't consume power by existing. We're gonna take a break here. When we come back, we have a lot more to talk about, including concerns about a security breach within LastPass, some more crypto news, and some actual good stuff to come out of Apple. We'll be back. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right, so LastPass, 
has had a data breach. In fact, they've gone ahead and shown that, uh, well, there is a, there was, quote, recently detected unusual activity within a third-party cloud storage service, which currently shared by both LastPass and its affiliate GoTo. They are currently looking in, into the matter and currently have nothing to report on it. I would just say at this point, um, if you do, in fact, have any passwords within LastPass, um, might be a good time to go ahead and uh, maybe just change some passwords. It's just okay. It's just okay. I do want to make one quick correction regarding the previous story regarding... Um, wow, I had the whole thing lined up and then chat tried to remind me and now it's just gone. <laughs> Established titles. I'm, I said that... I said that... Um, uh, Legal Eagle, the YouTuber, uh, foolishly took sponsorship money from them and did some sponsor ads when as a lawyer he should have known better i was confusing the footage i saw from legal eagle with another person that was talking with it by the name of pleasant green pleasant green is a scam baiter and uh, does not have the expert legal background that a lawyer like legal eagle does so i, I mixed up the two that's my fault uh legal eagle specifically said we went and rewatched it that uh, in fact no he did not take any of it. I actually was going to get to it, but I want—I did not want to talk over the bumper for that one, especially since I had such a short story. I didn't forget chat. I swear. But then my brain stroked off as far as the, as far as the name of the uh, of, of the sketchy service. In any case, that's the story with LastPass. Be a good idea to keep an eye on it. Replace passwords as needed. Now, at this point, at this point. I feel like I should just try and get the rights to playing little clips of Another One Bites the Dust because that could end up becoming the new theme of a segment for crypto vendors. Someone in chat saying, make sure you don't pick a fight with Legal Eagle because I'd lose. There wouldn't be a fight. It's literally like a YouTuber going after a podcaster. It's just like, yeah, okay, I said it wrong. I'm sorry. Here's your public apology. I miss I misspoke. We square, we square. Anyway, I'm not out to vandalize anyone. <laughs> Though I will ca call out BS as I as I see it. It was a simple mistake. I apologize. That being said, wow, my watch is really warm. Anyway, um another tech firm for crypto has fallen. This time it is BlockFi, another crypto exchange that was uh heavily supported by and or I'm sorry, FTX, not to be confused with every other three letter acronym in existence and has actually, in fact, gone down and has declared bankruptcy. Hmm. Fascinating. It's almost like this whole thing about trying to uh, claim, trying to claim that a, a nothing currency backed by nothing other than nothing actually can go ahead and increase in value more and more without it being some kind of bubble. I do love the fact that like every single actual, like true, true, true believer of crypto tries to go ahead and say that everything the banks are doing are terrible because they go ahead and by their very mecha mechanisms, go ahead and create and just invent money out of a whole cloth, et cetera, et cetera. Ignoring the other mechanisms of the bank that balance it all out and have a bank function as a bank and then go ahead and have outlets like FTX and BlockFi and all these other ones that function 
exactly the same. Oh, I just, I just can't even. I, I really, really just, I just can't. How, how do you answer that? But at least I can't give any more blows to the world of crypto, right? There aren't any more, right? Well, Coinbase is getting in a fight with Apple and in fact has halted their NFT wallet function because it's being strong-armed by Apple. Someone in chat said they, they, they were at a Road Ranger, I'm assuming truck stop, and found out that uh, there's a crypto coin ATM now. So around here in Wisconsin, at, at least in my neck of the woods, in Southeast Wisconsin, and for the most part, they're like all over Wisconsin. There's this um, pretty good uh, like gas station slash truck stop slash somewhere in between chain called uh, Quick Trip. And they're, they're like a really nice go-to spot if you just want like a quick buy, if you want to just pick up a few, few things. Like they've got like literally everything. I mean, not literally everything, but just about everything. They all now have Bitcoin ATMs, all of them. And I'm not going to lie, one day for, and, and admittedly, this was just one time I went and watched it. I wanted something fresh. So I went and, or, I went and said, hey, can I get this? And can, can you cook it fresh? They're like, no problem. It'll just be like 12 minutes. I'm like, okay, fine. I watched that, that Bitcoin ATM for 12 minutes. There was only one reaction I saw from everyone. It was complete and utter confusion. I only saw one guy tap the screen and then just like, uh, no, and then left. <laughs> like, I don't get like, why? Why would you go ahead and put a Bitcoin ATM in a freaking like gas station in a truck stop or whatever? No one who goes to a gas station is gonna be like, ah, fantastic. Now I can go ahead and make my millions through crypto and do my to and do my totally thought out and calculated crypto cr transactions. Nobody thinks like that. There is only going to be one kind of customer that's going to use those, and it actually makes me sad. Do you know what it's going to be? Do you know what it's going to be? It's unfortunately going to be people who are who are going to try to be freaking <laughs> yeah. Someone tapping me to it. It's going to be either victims of scams or money mules for scammers. Granted, I don't have evidence to support this, mind you, but you're gonna have a hard time convincing me that the user base for those Bitcoin ATMs and whatnot isn't gonna be 100% criminal. Mostly because everyone who, you know, deals in cryptocurrency honestly actually goes ahead and exchanges the cryptocurrency online. You know, like the protocol was originally made for. I'm just saying, in any case, NFT wallet functionality is, is uh, halted right now on the iPhone as Coinbase and Apple go into a fight in regards to whether this sort of thing should be allowed or not. All right, quick, raise your hands. Who, who's sad about this? Who's sad that their iPhone can no longer comprehend NFTs? Anyone? Anyone? No, literally no one. I thought for a moment someone in chat was actually correcting me on something valuable, but they're but they're just memeing about the fact that uh, the Verge pronounced it NEFT. It's NFT. Shush, Verge. You're dumb. Literally no one is calling it that. Oh, man. But oddly enough, that isn't the good news I was talking about from Apple. Here, let's be perfectly honest. There has been a lot of downer news lately, okay? There has been. I try to go ahead and find as much good news as I can that's not, you know sketchy AF, but it's hard. And the tough news doesn't need to be talked about. I, for one, do have an actual, honest to God, feel good story. 
the first ever recorded use case of the built-in emergency SOS feature of the newest iPhone via satellite has in fact saved a snowmobiler's life in Alaska. It actually happened. We were talking about how there's gonna be way, 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 way more features. Oh, the freaking machine learning, everything's getting a whole bunch wrong. Oh, we saw the freaking roller coaster set it off. Here you go. Actual use case, actual person, life saved, thanks to the iPhone. And you know what? Good on them. Good, good for them. Now, I guess the rest of us, the rest of us plubs with Android phones, I guess we'll just die. That's unfortunate, man. I guess if we actually want, you know, a phone that's actually going to like care if we live or die, we need to go over to Apple. So I guess Google just doesn't care or whatever. All sarcasm aside, it actually is good to see the feature is legitimately being used. Now let's talk about how it's being misused because the crash detection has been set off by people skiing. <laughs> uh, no, no, I, I'd like to apologize for all Apple users out there. You see, I was part of the testing team for, um, for the crash features and uh, I suck at skiing. So it's just pre-predicting that I'm going to crash while while skiing. That's actually what happened. That's actually not what happened at all. But you'd believe me, right? It's actually the machine learning of the of, of the uh, of the iPhone. It just knows you're you're a bad skier and you're gonna turn into like a snowball, like in the cartoons. But that being said, we already saw this problem with roller coasters, okay? And that was pretty bad. And I said, Apple's going to find a way to fix it. Well, they already found a way to fix it. The rollout happened a few days ago. You no longer have to worry if you're going on a roller coaster with your iPhone of it calling the police. So I got a feeling that, you know, give it a couple of weeks and Apple have this fixed for skiers as well. Part of me wants to say I called it, but then again, who hasn't called it? Who hasn't called the fact that... um when you go ahead and heavily automate something, it's going to mess up. I mean, it's a new technology. It's going to improve more and more and more and more. It's going to be more mature. And then eventually it's, uh, it's going to be fine. Speaking of more mature, Elon Musk. What do you mean? He's less mature. Yeah. Let's talk about Twitter because we have some, some interesting sagas between Elon Musk and, uh, and Apple. Elon Musk actually went ahead on Twitter and said that quote, Apple has completely stopped advertising on Twitter. Someone in chat said the next one's going to be skydiving. The thing is that the phone detects a sudden stop and that's the problem. Skydiving, there isn't really a sudden stop. There's a sudden slowing. So if there's a sudden stop, you're dead when it comes to skydiving. I don't think it would be surfing. I could see surfing. I absolutely could see maybe skydiving. Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to pretend I completely understand the the Apple algorithms surfing. I'm surprised we haven't gotten surfing yet. Actually, that's a really good one. That's another good one. Anyway, Elon says that Apple has stopped advertising on Twitter. Do they hate free speech? Woo! That's going to be like the thing that Elon's just going to like do to like try and shame like any company that like threatens to stop advertising. And here's, here's one thing I'll point out. Okay. As far as like everyone said, like, oh, uh, Twitter is going to like run out of money because all the advertisers left. 
Have you noticed the number? Have you noticed that uh, the number of advertisers is uh, has not gone down? Someone in chat said, "Wouldn't that surfer person want a want a one K phone?" The thing is, is that the iPhones are very water resistant, so they actually would probably not the full one thousand uh, dollar pro phone, but the lesser phone, the actual fourteen. I could see that in like a waterproof water box too, just to be on the safe side. I could totally see that. They wouldn't get one of the, want to get the cheaper Android phones just because it's guaranteed going to be dead in the, in the water. Because the super, super cheap ones that actually are willing to have features like a headphone jack and expandable storage uh, don't even bother with any gaskets anymore. And it's really sad. <sighs> it's, it's, it's really sad. Anyway, to my point, have you noticed that despite the fact that so many people have pulled out of advertising on Twitter, the number of ads hasn't gone down? They have stayed consistently up. Are they getting less per ad? Probably. But the fact the volume hasn't gone down means that they're not hurting nearly as much as we want to think they are. So, you know, th this whole thing for, um, yeah, I'm going to keep my, my thoughts on details of, of all of this until the very end. Because th this whole thing actually takes a lot of turns. Because this whole thing evolved over the week. And quite frankly, it seems so petty at the time. I didn't even talk about on the early bird briefing. Cause first off you have, you know, Apple's not advertising on Twitter. Do they hate free speech? And then all of a sudden Apple is also threatening to withhold Twitter from its app store. Completely gone. Why? And that's not exactly a very easy thing to do either. Cause the integration of Twitter and the app store and the iPhone for that fact is very, very deep. Like it's on a system level integration that nobody asked for. So for Apple to go ahead and do that, it's not as simple as just flipping a switch. It is something that would require a good amount of effort to completely undo all of the integrations. But then, of course, in typical Elon fashion, he just couldn't let it go and actually publicly put out the most official statement you possibly could and said that if it came to it, he'll make an alternative phone. <laughs> Yeah, you do that. Let me know how that works for you. You can't even keep advertisers on Twitter. How are you going to get people to develop for your custom, whatever the heck you're doing? What, your fork of uh, Android? That'd probably be the easiest way to do this. All right, let's make a fork of Android. Hey, who wants to go ahead and like do their slight mods to go ahead and get onto this fork of Android? Or maybe we'll go ahead and get it on uh, Firefox OS. <laughs> Someone in chat says, in before he resurrects the Windows phone. I don't think Microsoft's going to ever let that go. I think they'd have a better shot with, uh, there is an Ubuntu, uh, mobile version. Isn't there Dude, person in chat actually might be onto something. If that actually was the plan that that actually could be interesting. It'd be stupid, but that'd be interesting. You get a crazed lunatic personality like Elon Musk behind something like Ubuntu or the Firefox phone, get push more and more devs onto that. That could be like the, the push it could need to be a, a third player in the whole mobile phone space. A distant third, mind you, but it would be a third. Hmm. But of course, that's one thing that Elon has said in a long list of things. But, you know, it's not like over the week, Apple's had, you know, nothing but sane things said as well. I mean, of course, there was the wonderful notion of Apple going ahead and... um. Uh, nerfing very heavily the airdrop feature in only China. You know, the thing that lets you go ahead and share files peer-to-peer -peer with iPhones. 
all of a sudden it just gets uh, a whole lot less useful as it automatically turns off every 10 minutes. And only in China. Hmm. It's crazy. A tool used by protesters all of a sudden, poof, gone. Hmm. That's not helping the whole image of uh, Elon's wacky saying, oh, maybe Apple hates free speech. You know, it's one thing when a crazy man like Elon says it. It's another thing when you actually have like a decent sign of them actually doing it. It is a bit um, concerning to say the least. A little bit more on that whole situation because it's actually getting like rather concerning and just kind of a show of how bad things are in China when it comes to these sort of things. Social media users that use Huawei phones, by the way, just in case you uh, had faith in Huawei, were finding that pictures that were go that were taken at the um, at various events of protest were just being deleted. Hmm. Whoops. That's a man. And of course, in case software wasn't good enough to go ahead and delete any evidence of protest and that everything is fine within China. They would just go ahead and do it by hand. Having actual police on the streets go ahead and force people to delete photos. Yikes. That's what else can you say this, but yikes. And it's not just deleting the photos. China actually actually is making moves to actually punish people for just liking posts about the protests. Look, I'm not going to lie as a business owner. If there's some questionable likes that I see on a person's social media, I'm going to have second thoughts about hiring the person. That's just nature. All right. Like if I go ahead and see someone liking all of the, all of the crazy Nazi talk that uh, Kanye West had before he was removed from Twitter, I'm going to have second thoughts about uh, hiring the person. It's not going to be an automatic, you know, refusal, but it's it's going to make me think. I don't know if I've ever heard of legal action being taken for liking posts. At least that's what I assume is being implied by punish. Uh, someone in chat also thinks that the reason Apple is uh, siding with China and all this is because the protest is affecting Foxconn, which is costing Apple millions. It's hard to say. It really is. Because he here's the unfortunate truth. If I think what matters more is just being able to do business in China, period. And the unfortunate truth is that if you wanna do, if you're a company and you wanna do business in China, you have to do whatever the CCP says. Cause like, yeah, protests, it cost Apple mil millions in the, in the thing. Yeah, that's cute. But if you don't listen to what the uh, CCP says, you're gonna lose billions with a B. I think that has far more to do with it than anything else. But I said that um, in the title of this podcast, that this was the shortest lived Apple fight ever. And you already see how things are escalating. Well, it already de-escalated this week. Apple has already fully resumed all advertising on Twitter as they pulled out and, uh, and assessed the situation going on on Twitter. And in fact, Elon and Tim Cook have already met and have been talking about the situation and that apparently Apple has never considered removing the Twitter app at all and it was just as far as everyone can tell just a misunderstanding a miscommunication a game of telephone played through a yarn or something to that affair and i'd believe it i would believe it that being said though the situation in china in involving apple um is a bit of a uh 
bit of a uh, head shaker. But I get why they have to do it. But I don't like it. Let's get one more story in before we break. Because I can. And this one's actually going to be a bit longer. And this is going to be a juicy one. A big one. An 82,000 pound one. Let's talk about Tesla kicking off and delivering the very first Tesla semi-truck. So we now have a look at it. We have now seen the interior of it. There are still some missing pieces of information that I desperately want. All right. So first things first. Yes, the Tesla Semi still has its driver's seat right smack in the middle rather than on the left side of the truck or the right side, depending on where you're looking from. It is not on the driver's side. It's in the middle. <laughs> and, and even better, as we're talking about this, because our trucker, our local trucker buddy, well, local in air quotes, uh, trucker buggy buddy in the chat is saying, what do, what do you mean 82,000? That's not legal. It actually is because apparently at some point, someone managed to get a caveat in place in either 28 or 2019. Someone just was posted in, in there that in fact, you get an extra 2,000 pounds added to your legal limits if the vehicle is powered by an alternative fuel, because of course it is. And keep in mind, I said alternative fuel. So if it's an electric vehicle, or if it's, you know, compressed natural gas, or if it's liquid natural gas, or propane, anything but diesel or gasoline, you get an extra 2,000 pounds on it. We're going to get to that in a bit, because I have some concerns in regards to this. So first off, the cab of the truck does in fact look like a full-sized sleeper truck. We have now in fact seen the entire interior. There is one seat and one jumper seat, meaning that it's a seat that folds up against the back. And if a passenger wants to come along, you have to, the chair folds down so that the poor sucker you brought along for this trip can sit in that. The range of this vehicle is 500 miles. They have supposedly tested this using an unedited clip. Um, I do have some doubts in regards to the footage, but only because every other time Tesla introduces this kind of rock solid evidence, there's always been some kind of funny business. So I can't prove anything. Like I have no idea if they went ahead and just grabbed a generator and like pumped in some extra mileage into that sucker while he was on the one bathroom break that was mandatory or not. I don't know. I have no proof of it, but I'm just saying every other time we've seen Tesla do one of these videos, there's been something funny about them, which has been silly because what they do to, to the, the funny business they do it is just like makes it way more impressive than it actually is. And it already was pretty impressive, which is infuriating. But despite the fact that the cab is sized to be a full on over the road sleeper truck, it is not. There is only the main seat, the jumper seat, the steering wheel, two buttons, or your parking brake and trailer air supply, not the normal plungers, which I don't think that's legal, but I'm not 100% sure, because every other truck does it as the normal plastic plungers instead of buttons. But they put the decal of the, of the plunger on, so it's okay. Two screens as you're sitting in the middle, and that's basically it. We do have full-size mirrors. Our trucker pal in the um, 
And the chat says we do, we're pretty sure pretty sure there is no regulation on actually being plungers, but there is regulation of those being able to auto release at low pressure. Yeah, that's one thing. Of course, we don't know. Here's another thing that actually I know our buddy in the chat's gonna absolutely love. I cannot find on any of the pictures of the screens anywhere that it shows the air pressure in the tanks. But we know because those buttons exist that it must have air brakes somewhere in it. And I know that's information you want. Kind of want to know what your what your air tanks are at. Just just a little bit. But they did have to go to mirrors. They did ditch the sliding door. It now is an actual normal opening door. There is a excuse me. There is a hook on the rear wall of the truck to hold your thing. They made a big deal about that for reasons. But here is the biggest piece of information they didn't give. I also should say the truck was very impressive going up a hill and down a hill, which if you've been paying attention to how the F-150 Lightning, the Rivian and every other uh, electric pickup trucks been behaving up a hill, this should not surprise you in the least. Electric has a ton of torque. It's going to handle the hill. No problem. And it's going to go ahead and go down the hill very, very well. Uh, up the hill with how much weight? The uh, According to them, the full 82,000, which again, I'm not surprised. How much energy did it take to go up that hill? I'm willing to bet a lot because these tow tests of the F-150 and whatnot that are going up the hill with a payload, it cuts its, its charge down by two thirds. Like it's no joke. But here's the biggest elephant in the room. The absolute biggest elephant in the room when it comes to this semi-truck. Well, two. First off, this sucker takes a megawatt. That is the capacity of its battery. And it takes a unique charger as a result. A megawatt, a thousand kilowatts. To put that in perspective, your home consumes roughly, you know, five, six, seven kilowatts. Probably more during the summer. This sucker holds a thousand of that. And that has it move 500 miles. I want you to imagine what happens to the city power grid when a fleet of those are charging and worse, if they're fast charging, like these may just be, you know, day cab units. They're not going ahead and going, you know, 2000 miles a week or anything like that. They're not go. They're not crisscrossing the country. They're just day cabs after all, but you're asking a lot of the energy grid to be able to handle that. So the first ones are out right now. They have been delivered to PepsiCo and we'll just have to wait and see how things go from here. Cause they, they want to go ahead and talk again and again and again about, about how this is going to reduce so many emissions, conveniently ignoring the fact that, uh, conveniently ignoring the whole, you know, the fact that diesel has gotten way cleaner because of the DPF systems that have been implemented that, that people, Someone in chat asked, how is the driver transitioning displays displays on the right screen? In the time lapse, I want to say I've seen him like reach over and touch it, which um, I'm not going to lie. I have mixed feelings about. I also had very mixed feelings about. I actually went ahead and did an, did an entire, entire little reaction to the, to the whole announcement that will be on the YouTube channel uh, soonish TM. That'll be at, at uh, youtube.com slash... I actually want to double check to make sure my name didn't change because that new handle system, does Slash Eagle Falcon still work? It does in fact still work. Okay. 
and thank you for keeping that that tab muted. That was super nice nice of you, uh, YouTube. I don't think anyone else heard it though. Our trucker in in the chat in the chat says um that's illegal. You can't control the you you can't be using touchscreen controls like that in a truck. Yeah, kind of. Uh this is gonna be interesting to say the least. I also love the fact that they kept pushing harder and harder and harder on this thing that this is going to be easy for any driver to go ahead and pick up and use. I think Tesla severely underestimates how hard it's gonna be to fight muscle memory, especially when you're smack in the middle of the truck. On many vehicles, you can go ahead and stay in the lane just by knowing where your driver's side steer tire is and keeping that, you know, fairly close to the lane. With that, you can manage your passenger side, which is further away from you, and you have less sense of awareness to where it is. No problem. Once you get used to the vehicle, then, of course, you know, you get that better feel, and you can maintain the vehicle more safely. With this sucker, you have to, like, very quickly train yourself on the awareness of where both tires are. you got two dead zones to worry about now on both sides. I cannot wait for this truck to get into the hands actual truck drivers and i still stand by what i said in that video i would love to test drive one of these i really really would but not on the highway on a closed course because i don't trust myself to go ahead and drive something that's this awkwardly positioned out on the actual highway that just sounds dangerous like this whole thing just seems way dangerous but again i've been dodging the biggest biggest question on the on this someone in chat asked you'd still argue that the self-adaptive driving thing would balance some of those issues oh man i don't know with how unreliable the um with how unreliable uh tesla's self-driving has been lately like it's been better than most but it's just like the if the lines are fading a little bit that's it all your driver assistance is gone when they have better tech on it it'd be another thing but considering the fact they just still after all this time, haven't been able to like fully develop and fully advance it yet. Just only give us demo after demo after demo after beta tests that shouldn't be out after demo. I would much rather it be built like a normal freaking semi and let people who know how to drive an actual freaking semi drive the thing correctly rather than this weird little, let's put it to a nose. Let's go ahead and give you all of the this and that and everything. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how this all goes. Our trucker buddy's right now going through the time lapse and just like losing his mind. And I'm not going to lie. I am enjoying it way more than I should. I think we should actually just take a break here. And when we come back, we have a lot more to talk about, <laughs> such as uh, Twitch's new, um, new hate raid feature to come out over a year after the hate raids ended. I guess better late than never, huh, Twitch? Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right, we talk about Twitch. Twitch introduced a new feature, all based on the hate raids. They initially had a blog post at first. I thought I was going to read it, but I, I think for time reasons, I'm not going to. It basically boiled down to uh, they felt they responded too slowly to the situations of the hate raids and wanted to do more. And they did a lot in the back end to try and help combat it. 
and then said they'd be introducing this feature very soon, which they then did. Here is what I'll say about it. The hate raids happened long ago, over a year ago. I want to say actually close to 16 months ago, but I don't have the exact time. I should probably first explain what a hate raid is. A hate raid is when a, a small number of actors, bad actors, of course, use a large number of bots to spam a message that they are, that they are trying to be very hurtful with, usually being something racist or homophobic or just you-phobic. The whole point is, is that they were just trying to target specifically either minority streamers or streamers that um, were affiliated with the LGBTQA+. I think that's all the letters now. I, every time I look, I swear they add a few more letters that were, out, that were you know, heavily aligned with that kind of acceptance mindset. The whole point was to target that. We actually tried to draw out, draw, draw out a target like that. We couldn't. In the end, it turned out to be, as far as we could tell, two people that actually legal charges were brought against. And then for the most part, they all died down. But the thing is that they went on so long unchecked by Twitch that copycats started to arise. And they were quashed relatively easily for the most part. There was one, on the other hand, that um, nobody talks about. And that was actually in regards to a streamer named Hoss, where a number of bad actors were using the same tools that all the bots were being used, or being created with, to make a whole bunch of Hoss accounts and just following and hosting large numbers of streamers. And then just started spreading rumors about how Hoss is one of the hate raiders and is like the mastermind of the hate raiders, when in fact he wasn't. He was just a small little variety streamer that, show, that had about a dozen active viewers. That's it. So, in the end, most people, what they am doing to combat the hate raids was actually figure out tools on their own, usually using Nightbots tools or Ankbots or any of them that, um, they, that uh, would just lock down the stream and start doing mass bans. Some moderators, like one I actually do know, went to ex very big extremes, actually went ahead, scanned the API, saw the accounts being made, and actually put a, an entire loadout list to pre-ban them from accounts that he moderated. I'll tell you, during the raids, he was actually a very helpful tool and I shouldn't say a tool, a very helpful uh, uh, fountain of information. That's a better way to say it. Um, um, and actually trying to identify how these hate raids did in fact operate. And even Streamlabs went ahead and launched a, um, a lockdown mode of their own. Inside their bot, you could just go ahead and type in a command and it would basically just automatically lock down the whole chat and allow your mods time to go ahead and ban the bad actors. Streamlabs was able to launch this three weeks after the rash of hate raids really started getting attention. In the case of Twitch, it took over a year. Twitch introduces shield mode. And in fact, our trucker friend in the chat is still like identifying everything and he's, and he's realizing one of the big elephants in the room that uh, we never in fact see the e-logs. I have to assume as e-logs are somewhere in that infernal contraption of an operating system that's on his two screens, but that's assuming a lot. I'll be honest, I don't know. Uh, but in any case, I'm getting, I'm getting way, I'm getting a lot of amusement by uh, the, the, uh, the text only breakdown of the, of the, uh, 
of the Tesla semi-truck driving time lapse and just like the plethora of DOT violations that, uh, that, are, that our expert is uh, finding and simultaneously going, I, I never get away with that. Anyway, back to shield mode. The whole point of shield mode is in fact to basically do, well, exactly what you'd expect. It would, you can go ahead and configure what it all does. In fact, let me bring up mine, just the menu. I'm trying not to actually activate, activate shield mode because it actually is very, very powerful the way it functions. Somehow the shield mode settings are not under the, uh, the moderation tab. Good, good job. Yep, that went ahead and did it. I tried doing everything I could to not turn it on, and I went ahead and accidentally did, turned it on anyway. RIP! All right, so here we go. When you actually enable shield mode, and no other way, because for whatever reason, you cannot get this thing in any other fashion, you get a whole lot of options. First off, you can go ahead and make it so that you can, so that no first time chatters can chat, that it's automatically enabled to emote only chat. You should never do this, by the way. That it's enabled to sub only chat. You should try to avoid this, but it's not the worst idea in the world. That it's followers only chat, but they have to be following for more than a month. That's actually my preferred method. That slow mode is enabled for 30 seconds. And that non mod chat is delayed by six seconds to give moderators a chance to view any message before it's sent out. It then of course then goes into the chat verification and also will set the auto mod level to whatever level you want. In this, in this case, if you actually are in a situation where you have a rate of that caliber, you wanna crank it up all the way. In addition, when you go ahead and um, when you enable shield mode, which is why I didn't wanna do it, it will clear the chat for, for all non moderators so all the messages that were posted would be no longer viewable for anyone except moderators and the streamer so what are my thoughts well i for one personally am very impressed at streamlabs ability to rip off things i mean normally streamlabs waits until like three weeks to three months after a product is launched before they make a cheap copy of it but somehow Somehow Streamlabs has managed to copy shield mode an entire year before it launched. And for that, I, I gotta say, bravo Streamlabs. Bravo. I am very impressed at your ability to rip something off. It is actually, actually incredible. <sighs> With that all said, I mean, what else can you say in all this? I mean, what are we gonna do? Go ahead and say, I cannot believe that, um, that it took Twitch a year to do this. It almost feels worse that Twitch even implemented this now. Like for the most part, we got over the absolute abysmal failure that Twitch had handling these raids and just accepted, you know, they did enough in the backs on the back end of it. We came with our own solution. And in the end, we're streamers. We're big boys. We're big boys and girls. We can handle ourselves. We can go ahead and have full control over our chat in one way, shape, or form. And if we start losing control of it, like in this situation in a hate raid, we will come up with a method, a tool, and a protocol to handle it. But you know, I mean, thanks Twitch. Thanks for literally handing us a fire extinguisher one year after the house burnt down. Good job, good job. Next time, try to, try to get it at least a little bit sooner. Uh, all right, I need something that sounds better. Let's talk about uh, a chatbot. A chatbot that has passed probably the most important test ever, the Nazi test, to make sure that it cannot turn 
into Tay AI by the hands of 4chan. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, it's a very important uh, bit to have, don't you think? Now, what's really interesting about this bot is not only is it actually passing the Nazi test and actually one that's usable, here's the crazy thing about this chatbot. It can write code. And unlike a lot of other chatbots that are like in a proprietary thing, you gotta go and do a whole thing to set them up and whatnot, it's just a chat window. So you can just go ahead and ask it whatever you want. And then on top of that, it has threading. So if you tell it something and then it then messes up a little thing, you just say, hey, can you just touch it up here? Do, do this little thing. I'll go ahead and correct itself. It's one that I'm actually very, very interested to see how, how it is actually used for good and not for graphical animated hentai like uh, someone in the chat suggested do not look that up do not look that up if you are have kids or um <laughs> but chat's like but that is for good i'm sorry everyone i quit hentai for good now i only use it for evil anyway there's a lot of possibly really interesting concepts about it and a lot of it can in fact be used for good speaking of being used for good uh, San Francisco is allowing uh, their police to use robots that can kill. What could go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> the thought of these robots that can kill is that in the case of uh, criminals that have barricaded them in a dangerous situation, they can use these robots that have explosives on them to go in and breach the perimeter with said explosives and then move into secure dangerous situations. That, that is the thought process with this. I just want to remind you that the headline says, quote, San Francisco will allow police to deploy robots that kill. You can't make this up. I am already surprised there is not some crazed super activist trying to go ahead and spark like riots just over this one headline. But I am actually surprised that no one has tried to spark real problems over this. And the fact that it's in San Francisco is even more interesting. But then again, maybe San Francisco got, got the idea from Dallas, who has already done exactly this. And it worked to use a robot with explosives to go ahead and kill an armed suspect that was armed and dangerous. I just want to double check with chat. This is reality, right? I, I just feel like I need to double check. I want to double check that this is in fact reality and that at some point I wasn't sucked into Cyberpunk 2077 through a metaverse headset. Because, I mean, I get in very niche situations this could be useful, but at the same time, yikes! Absolute mega yikes, dude. This is a uh, very, very, um, I need, I need a topic change. GPUs, GPUs, there's our topic change. Thank you. GPUs are going to be suffering a 25% decline year over year. Gee, I wonder why. Could it be because there is no longer a pandemic to any sort of significant degree that forced people to stay in their homes? and then have to go out and get a graphic card? What, what? No crud. No crud, there's gonna be a massive decline of demand for graphic cards. 
So, I mean, this, this really isn't a surprise. We're already even, I want to make sure this actually isn't my next topic. It isn't. Okay. There already is a massive um, surplus of NVIDIA RTX 4080s on the shelves. And scalpers are already getting screwed by it. Because a lot of them just went ahead and bought all the RTX 4080s they could, thinking, oh man, we can scalp these easy money just like last year, man. Let's go ahead. Let's do it. Let's, let's charge double for them. Nobody's buying them. Because nobody wanted to buy them at retail. And this actually was something I wanted to point out. I think we even talked about it last week. But think about this for a minute. The RTX 4090 is what's referred to as a Halo product. The only people that are going to buy it are enthusiasts. Okay? The sole purpose of the RTX 4090 is in fact to generate all the big numbers, say all the fancy cool things that their architecture can do, to then make all the, all the products that are less than the 4090 seem like, oh man, it's just as good as that really cool card, except, you know, slightly smaller. That's gotta be great, right? It's kind of like the same concept of a car manufacturer so showing off their absolute top of the line, limited trim of whatever car they're trying to sell, but then advertise the price of the lowest end one. It's the same kind of effect. Not exactly, of course, but the same similar philosophy. The 4080 is supposed to be also an enthusiast card, but is also kind of deemed by default to be the highest end normal GPU that the average person can buy. But it's priced only a couple hundred dollars less than the 4090. Oh, but the performance per dollar is there. What do you complain about? It's still a really good card for the money. If you look at raw performance per dollar, yes, it is a really good card for the money. Here's the problem. No one has the money. I can afford a third of the 4080. I can't afford the remaining two thirds of the card. I'd say the same goes for most people who are in the market for a GPU. Maybe a third, maybe half. Maybe they've been saving a while. They can afford three quarters of the 4080. You can't afford the whole thing. And then, of course, scalpers are getting double whammied on this whole thing because, well, the regular gamers aren't buying them. And there's no cryptocurrency people to go ahead and buy your scalp cards at any price known to man because they can go ahead and print money with it. Oh, and just as an added bonus, normally I hate return policies like this, but I understand why they're doing it. Retail outlets have put in a return policy on the, on the RTX graphic cards saying that you can only return them if the card is defective and only for a replacement card. There is no refunds on your still sealed card you tried to scalp. Now, normally this, I mean, this kind of move is very anti-consumer. I mean, it really is. There's no other way to say it, but... At the same time, I'm willing to accept this evil because it absolutely screws every single one of the scalpers. And that brings me way more joy than this anti-consumerism. So I'll smile and drink my tea. <laughs> Get wrecked, nerds! Uh, but let's go back to uh, surrounding a much bigger evil. And that is NVIDIA. NVIDIA has released the RTX 3060 8 gig. So here's the story. Right now, NVIDIA is still producing RTX 3000 series cards. They are currently filling in the lower end of the product stack. So it's going to be a while before we start seeing the 40 series in there. All right. We now have an RTX 3060 
8 gigabyte variant compared to the previous RTX 3060, which was a 12 gigabyte variant. So it's a trimmed down RTX 3060. Why is it not called a 3050 Ti? Why is it not called, you know, 3050 Super? I don't know. That's what it's called. I already hate it just because now we have two 3060s to contend with. And well, if you know anything about Nvidia, what happens when you have two cards that have the exact same name? Come on. You know how this song and dance goes. Someone in chat says it won't be called a super because that's generally, it actually isn't. Um, when the 20 series was out, when they did a refresh, uh, they did call the actual Nvidia cards 2060 Super, 2070 or 2070 Super, 2080 Super, as um they went ahead and did. EVGA did work with Nvidia to make a 3050 Super that was exclusive to EVGA, but they did have a, a Super moniker that was super confusing because you had uh 2070 2070s, 2070 Ti's, and 2070 Supers. Which one's the best? I don't know. No one knows. It was awful. And I don't miss the super name at freaking all. Someone in chat said, yeah, they missed that one. You might, you may remember it. And then your brain so violently reacted to it. It purged it from your memory because it wanted to save you from that insanity. But my brain won't let me have that. I have to remember this suffering. It was terrible. <laughs> What the heck is what? I don't know anymore. Anyway, this uh, this 3060, you know the trend by now. The 3068 gigabyte version is in fact worse than the RTX 3060 12 gigabyte version, the original. And not by a small amount either. It is slower by up to 12%. 12% less card than the other card it shares a name with that is still active. So we already have some deceptive marketing practices in, in play, right? We already have that problem. It's not the first time NVIDIA, uh, NVIDIA has done this either. And I hate it every time they do it. I know what someone's about to point out. They're just saying, just to point out, they already did this, I know. They did it with the 1660. They did this with the 1060. They tried to do this with the, thir with the 3080. Apparently the 3060 Ti had an eight gigabyte variant for a while. This one is different. This one is actually different because the 3060 Ti with an eight gigabyte variant was not this much slower. They trimmed down this die by a lot. You know what the other difference was? The 3060 Ti with an eight gigabyte variant was cheaper. This 3060 with an eight gigabyte variant is the exact same MSRP as the 3060. You get less card for the same amount of money. That is this card's exact problem. That is the crime this card is committing. <sighs> same price, same exact price. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I really do need the EU to like scrooch on in. I really would love to see the EU just kind of mosey on in. They, they, they love to stick their nose in this kind of nonsense, especially if it involves Facebook. But just this once, please, please EU, I'm begging you. Please go and instill the fear of God in NVIDIA. That's all I want for Christmas. I mean, that and a lot of other things. But can you just go please just harass NVIDIA for a bit? L leave Meta alone. They, 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 don't, they don't care. If you've learned anything from harassing Google and Meta this whole time, they don't care. Harass NVIDIA. It'll be fun and exciting.
and actually might do something. I'd say I'd I'd ask the FTC to do something, but um anyway, what is going on in the EU anyway? <laughs> well, you see, there's some interesting changes going on. For starters, we have this little headline. I'm actually gonna reorder this. So what's going on in Europe right now? Well, Europe's gonna have in-flight 5G on their phones, on their planes. No more airplane mode. You're just gonna straight up have 5G service. No more having to go ahead and select which terrible DVD you wanna watch. You can just pick whatever you want. You're just gonna have 5G. Is that what's gonna happen? Is airplane mode gonna be like a relic? Of the, is, is airplane mode gonna be the new VCR? That only us old folks are gonna remember airplane mode? Oh no, it's already happening. I'm aging right now as we speak. Oh no, how could this happen? I mean, if you wanna talk about another thing that's apparently vanishing in today's world, it's uh, this little gem. The fact that uh, Frontier Airlines is just getting rid of telephone customer support altogether. So if you're open for a customer service from Frontier Airlines, it's gonna be through chat only. So on one hand, we have European planes adding more telephone support and Frontier Airlines just eliminating their telephone customer support haul together. Someone on chat asked, does that mean there has to be a, there has to be a setting to force 5G only? Maybe. Cause I don't know how, well, the, th the thing is, is that like the waves that used to interfere were on older bands. I don't know if 4G actually interferes or if it was just said like it might interfere because Ponic. Well, it also doesn't help that, uh, man, can you remember all the things that were called 4G that weren't 4G? Woo! That was great. I remember those days. It was Tuesday. That's actually a good question. I don't know. It might be that instrument clusters and communications now aren't affected by modern cell phone waves. That's possible, but I don't know. I mean, I hear that all the time when I go into, um, the ICUs and whatnot when we're doing deliveries that all cell phones must be off. And like you actually talking, it's like, oh no, that's this equipment's not immune to that sort of stuff nowadays. But uh, you better not answer it in here because you're not waking up the little babies and it's like, okay, fair enough. You better silence that phone, silence it. Or, you know, if we're going to talk about um, the concerns about uh, cellular radio waves, how about astronomers concerned with the concept of new cell phone towers in space? What a great concept, putting cell phone towers in space, because why not? We're putting everything else in space. Let's just make a blanket of everything over the earth. We're just going to block out the entire sun with just so many satellites and cell phone towers and this, that, and the other thing that it's just going to be like freaking. it's going to be like Midgar from uh from final fantasy 7 we're all just living under the crust except the crust is uh, a, a layer of satellites over the entire planet oh why why are these things i have to report on now the actual group of scientists said that um this would interfere with the ability to actually use telescopes from the planet actually out into space in terms of both the visible light given off and also the radio waves interfering I just gotta wonder at what point is enough enough. I mean, the world may never know. Maybe we should just go ahead and embrace the real future though. Maybe we should just 
evolve into a simpler time. Just go back into a world where we could just become anime girls at will. Sony's MoCopy is a six-piece VR motion tracking system that is marketed specifically for VTubing so that you can more accurately puppeteer an anime model using just six small sensors and a smartphone. I assume the smartphone being an iPhone using the Real, Real Sense camera to track your face accurately. I mean, real talk, I mean, jokes aside, it has actually been a while since we've seen some actual good tech for VTubers. Like, here's the thing, like all the good VTubers right now, you want what they use? If you want to go ahead and actually be like top tier, top quality, I mean, first off, you're paying for a custom rig and everything that's close to $3,000 just in that alone for the illustrator to go ahead and draw up the design of the whole thing. And then you get upset and then you have to draw a whole nother one. Then to actually pay the rigger to rig everything of the model so that everything behaves correctly based on the devices you're using. And then, you know, the hardware you're actually using, you are using for sitting down models, any iPhone from the iPhone 10 end up as your face cam as the camera that's actually tracking your face and then what i'm doing right here with a cam with a microphone very very close to my face so that you get these deep booming sounds from a microphone like this one is basically impossible you've got to switch to something that, that can be put a little bit further away because it's got to see your face at all times and then for the ones that actually have like hand tracking they're using a discontinued device called a leap motion, a device that sits on your desk and tracks hand motion, a concept, a concept device that actually never took off. Those are the tools of choice. There are some V2ing models now that are just basically using the same tools you'd use for VR chat to animate a model, but you have then the VR chat jankiness and it doesn't look nearly as good. So if these can get better tracking and this demo vehicle they're showing looks very smooth, this is actually a very big step forward. And it's nice to see some actual tools acknowledge this growing streamer space of the VTubers and actually provide something that's freaking not jank that they're making do with. Also, another oddball story before I go on. I got into an argument on Twitter. I'm not gonna talk about the argument because it was stupid. Mostly because the guy was wrong. And then I learned later on he was even wronger than I thought. But he tried to claim he was a VTuber and then tried to say I, I knew nothing about him. So I decided to go and actually look at his streams. There was no model. There was a PNG cutout of a character and they said nothing. They never even typed in chat. They just played copyright music. Don't do that. That's terrible content for starters. Second, you're gonna get a DMCA claim. Third, you're gonna be in violation of the FTC because you are operating as a radio station without a radio license. You can't do that. And it was just the amount of stupidity that went into this and how I was wrong in all this, despite the fact that I have, you know, six years of experience streaming, admittedly as a hobby, but still six years experience in streaming. But the guy with one-tenth of my follower count and one percent of my viewer base was right and I'm wrong on how to do streaming. That being said, the whole concept of mute streamers, it is possible to do. I know of two mute streamers. One just does it casually and just doesn't care. The other at least brings in their own 
dry sense of humor into what they type in the chat, in addition to just doing silly things actually on the stream, actually with the gameplay, to go ahead and compliment that kind of snarky humor they have. In the end with the stream, there are three elements you must consider. The reaction of the streamer, visually, the voice of the streamer, and then the content that they are doing. I'm sure everyone knows at least one streamer that goes camless. So now they have to work extra hard with their voice and their gameplay. PNG tubers also fall into this category because in the end, they are in fact just camless. So they have to do more work with their voice and their gameplay. That's just a matter of fact. A VTuber, you at least do have the reaction of the model. And if you're really good at it, you can make the model do things that a normal person can't. But it all goes around to say, I'm just glad to see this sort of stuff exists for them. And I just felt like I need to go ahead and butter, butter this up and go ahead and talk about all of this. Because if you are upset by uh, fecal matter, it's time to turn off the podcast. You have the to the count of five because we're going to have to get to the last verb and it involves poop. Five, four, three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring you the last burb, the last story of the day, the weirdest story of the week, because of course, I couldn't resist the FDA approving. I'm not going to even show the article for the people on stream. Just trust me, it exists. Here, I'll flash it real quick so you know I'm not lying. Prescription poop is here. The FDA approves a fecal slurry for unshakable diarrhea. Yes, they have created prescription poop. And yes, it is administrated exactly the way you think it's going to be administrated. And yes, it is. I, I just can't even. <laughs> I just can't even. Oh, yo dog, I heard you're having trouble pooping. So here's some more poop to add to your poop to help with the, um, the rear infection that uh, is causing you to poop incorrectly. <clears throat> I think I speak for everyone at this point where I can say, you know what? I think that's enough internet for one day. And so with that, that is going to do it for this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. I apologize for this last burb, for, 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 the, for this at last burb's story, but uh, I couldn't help it. I really couldn't. That's gonna do it for me. Feel free to follow on my Twitch page, twitch.tv slash eaglefalcon. I swear we record this podcast every Saturday. I'm, I'm seriously gonna be returning to a normal schedule, I swear, for realsies. It just doesn't seem like it nowadays, but it's gonna happen, I swear. And check out the daily podcast, the early bird briefing, anchor.fm slash early B-I-R-B briefing. We are going to be going into the holiday season starting next week. New holiday bumpers and also the prediction episodes and much, much more as we close out the year. Take care and I hope you have a great day and may it not be filled with poop.
you, you ever have one of those people that you just look at and you just say they're full of it, except with the letters attached in front of it? I feel like that was the thought process for coming up with this cure for unshakable diarrhea. My personal favorite of this, though, is the fact that um, in the actual article, the nurse or surgeon or doctor or whoever that is holding out this IV bag of actual poop just has this look on his face of just, what is my life? How has this happened to me? I, I didn't sign up for this when I was brought on to, uh, to be a doctor or went to medical school at all. It, it is just the face of contemplating their own life and massive, massive disappointment.